In the darkest times, we're brighter together. Electric Ireland, shining a light on mental health with Pieta and Darkness into Light. Pieta Darkness into Light 2022, proudly supported by Electric Ireland, will take place at sunrise on the morning of Saturday, May 7th, standing in solidarity with people impacted by suicide and self-harm. Registration details are available on darknessintolight.ie. I'm Keith Walsh and over the last number of years I've spoken publicly about mental health and the importance of opening up if you're struggling and reaching out for help. With that in mind, I'm bringing you two special podcast episodes in advance of the return of the in-person Darkness Into Light event. I think it's fair to say that after two years of the pandemic, as well as the turbulent nature of world events this year, it's never been more important to continue that conversation and support each other in whatever way we can. This time I'm joined by Shane Carthy, the well-known Dublin footballer, who, of course, is also an ambassador for Darkness Into Light. Shane, how are you? Are you ready to share and to talk? I'll try. I'll try my best. You're you're good at that. Shane, can you tell me why it was important for you to get involved in Darkness Into Light? Well, I think the very first time I remember Darkness Into Light was quite poignant for me because it coincided with about six months after I came out of St. Pat's. Um, and that was my first time that I'd really seen the other side that not only what I was going through what many other people had gone through and then the kind of whole th- side of therapy and the help and I knew that help did work and what kind of Pieta are obviously offering to people in terms of these services and qualified therapists to let people know that you know you can go through a difficult time and you can get out the other side and for me that was we're talking back in 2015 was my first event going to Dark Center Light anything I knew about mental health or any awareness around it was very much taboo and I didn't know anything about it probably speaking for most people around that but as we've seen over the last number of years as in like you know it's it's absolutely incredible what, what an event it, it is and and it continues to be there's there's many many reasons but for me the number one is to kind of keep on putting that word out there and saving a life uh, can you tell us a little bit about what led you to um wh- why you were in st pat's and, and what happened yeah so v- very briefly i i would say it would span over for me a two-year period where it was when it started for me back in the middle of fifth year um, I even remember the early stages of being so naive and thinking it was hormonal changes going on in my body when it started. I didn't know. I had always said what it was. It was obviously, of course, depression as I later learned, but it was it. It was just this low feeling that constantly got worse and worse and worse. It was sporadic at start, once, twice a month. As the months and years went on, it was getting worse and these thoughts were getting an awful lot worse. And from the outside looking in, the contrast of that from I was representing Dublin minor footballers when it all started got my hands on my first All-Ireland many months later into the Dublin senior football team still in six year 18 years of age my life was going on an upper curve but then internally it was going the exact opposite so as I spoke about that taboo of mental health and you know the unknown that was for me that I didn't know anything in terms of people who spoke about mental health and if it was as I said it's very much a taboo subject and it was that fear of judgment as well because as I said I was now representing the Dublin senior footballers and I'd now entered the darkest point of my life where you know to be quite dark and bleak about it for an awful lot of people what it is and you know I didn't want any part of this world that was a very difficult situation to be in because there was a small smart part of me when I got to that point that I did want some part of this world 
you know what loving friends loving family really really good group of people around me and when I got to that point almost got to that point those were the people that kind of came into my head as I said it manifested over kind of two years and it manifested into me then going into the same paths and definitely spent 11 weeks there and it was in 11 weeks that thankfully changed my life I think it's really important that 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 thing of that you were living two lives almost mm. for anybody to look at you that uh, for anybody to look at you, yes. probably even yeah. would it would it be fair to say even your closest friends, even your family at one point would have just thought, sure he's flying, yeah, yeah, and uh, you you're just internally there's a whole other narrative going on, there's a whole mm. other world that people aren't aware of. That was the complex kind of nature of what I was going through because it was as you say the two lives that I was living not only to the people who are outside my circle inside that my mom my dad my sister like you, you know my three sisters in fact when Eftley had said when they like had learned what I was really going through that they had no clue you know in, in the later kind of months okay my mom and mom and dad particularly my mom is all Irish mammy's art they're very clued into the emotional kind of side of it and she'd started to see kind of cracks and signs but even at that she'd said I didn't think it was to the extent that it was and you know, that poker face that I, I often kind of speak about for people that mask, you know, that two sides to, to everything that internally struggling on my own, I would cry, I would be afraid, I would be fearful of what I was thinking. But then it was an Oscar performance that I probably should have been or I was given off and an Oscar award that I should have been given for this kind of acting that I, that I was putting on for the two years. And even within the confines of the four walls that I found in my house, I even had to put it there people often find they say when they come back from work or they come back from somewhere else they can really be themselves and let their hair down when they come in that wasn't the case for me it was only when I could actually close my my bedroom door and I knew it was night time and I knew no one would come into me then I could really be who I really was which was this depressed lonely figure that was very difficult it was it was hugely difficult and again as I speak about why I do these things because I know where people are in their lives when they say it's very very difficult to speak out and as I spoke about the, the event such as Darkness and Delight it's incredible to see the support that is there when you eventually kind of take off those shackles and kind of let the weight off your shoulders and just express who you really are because as I said I've been on two sides I've been to the point of where I want no part of this world I've been to the other side and let me tell you the grass is so much greener on mm. this side you know it's just to even get that across and that's why it's so important uh, to someone like you was talking like mm. this because younger men will hear this and I feel like there are young men and young women mm. who have put on such a great act for so long that mm. they're almost at a place that well no one would believe me at this stage mm-hmm. you, you did get the help and then you got better. What was the, so 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 therapy was a, was a big part of of you getting better. And mm. uh, is that is that something that when you look back now, I mean, you were talking earlier about like uh, you know the stigma around mental health mm-hmm. as a young man, and then and then kind of what you learned since. Yeah. Like what were the things that you that you came away from? You know, sort of if you, after St. Pat's and came away going, God, if only I'd known these things. If only I'd done this first. Or, you know, I mean, obviously you're hindsight is a great thing yeah yeah but you must have come away going oh, why didn't I just yeah definitely I, I think you know it, the big thing for me in around that kind of 11 weeks in St. Pat's was those first couple of weeks accepting with one where I was and two who I was you know as I spoke with that kind of it what it was for me I learned that it was depression and then coming around to going okay this is who I am this is what I'm dealing with how do I go about this now you know and I even remember times of you know, going through these things in terms of one, we'd done group therapy that allowed me to see that other people kind of relate to 
what I was going through because I think a lot of people feel like they're alone in it and when you hear other people going yeah no I, I know exactly what you're talking about I can relate to you you're like oh my god then, then you know your eyes begin to kind of you know open a bit more and again your horizons broaden um, of course one, one therapy is, is very very important and cognitive behavioural therapy how you think is how you behave and of course I was having a negative kind of thought process which gave me a negative behaviour you know I was nearly educating myself around it I had always been a person who had again my dad had always said anything you do you do to your best of your ability and that was just another thing you know sport was a massive thing I'd always put 110% into this I was like I'm going to go at this 110% it may not be perfect as was my sporting career every every day of the week but it's not going to be true lack of trying you know so those 11 weeks it allowed me to kind of build up tools and resources and give me an education around mental health um, and if I could go on to kind of I remember in the group therapy session that I was in I'm not going off on a tangent am I? No, no it's perfect <laughs> um, I, I was in a group therapy session it was uh, what was called the Young Adult Programme you know we're going around the room um, asking you know what do you do when you're bad days in particular and I had coined what was called my mental health toolbox I love that kind of analogy that kind of visual of having tools and resources to refer to on bad days I speak about physical exercise that would of course be number one it was the only thing that I had relied upon that was my you could say my crutch medication for the two years that I went through it on my own you know the happy endorphins that you release post exercise I'm sure everyone can relate to that in some shape or form it just happened to be football for me it could be anything for anyone else playlist or a podcast that brought me to a happier time and place and number three is then speaking to a mate either through kind of coffee or through the phone or whatever it is or over the last kind of couple of years probably zoom and um, I'm, I'm sure we're not all too pleased about that but was again dealing with what was in front of us and i remember turning to the right of me as a 19 year old male i said i do a bit of knitting and I looked at him with 10 heads thinking, I was looking around the room going, has anyone else heard of this chap that said, you know? And I was like, my God, the next day I was there knitting away just to see if it worked. It didn't work for, for me, but it wasn't true lack of trying. Again, I was like, okay, this guy does knitting. It sounds a bit Give weird, that a go. I'll give that a yeah. go. It was absolutely brutal. It didn't do anything for me. But again, prime example, I was 19 at that time. Mm. Physical exercise worked for me. He was 19. Knitting worked for him. Kind of, again, people listen to this. It's about what makes you happy, what makes you tick. You know yourself best. Add that into your toolbox. If it is physical exercise, happy days, if it's a playlist, if it's knitting, if it's reading, whatever else it is, add that into your mental health toolbox. And if you do so happen to have a bad day, hopefully then with these things there, it won't be as bad as you want spirit. And then you kind of, you know, if you do have a bad day, you can almost like pick up the next day and yeah. get back into your a bit of exercise and you sort of gradually kind of get back to yourself yeah. um, and having those tools available to you and knowing that this will help, this will help, this will help. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love the idea of almost attacking something like your mental health as you would a sport. Mm-hmm. Like look at your mental health as as a project that you can mm-hmm. That you can work hard at. Yeah, and I, and I often say that, say that to people in terms of you know, for me, St. Pat's was back in twenty fourteen. We're now in twenty twenty two, and you know, you could say over those eight years, I've learned an awful lot. But again, similar enough to to sport or anything that we do, we're never the finished product. And I'd always think about that, and I'd always kind of again compare it to my sport and kind of world that because you know that's what I'd went you could say quote unquote elite in and wanted to go after and wanted to hone in on absolutely everything and that was for me important on the flip side of that my mental health eight years on I still go to a psychologist not as often as I once did but the way I'd see it is a little NCT for my mind very often times that it's probably every six to eight weeks now but again I'd sit there and sometimes I'd sit there I was like I have absolutely nothing to talk to you about but then after you 
kind of talk a bit you're like okay actually no we do have a couple of things to talk about and i often say to people that don't wait for it to get to a crisis point arm yourself with these tools and resources your mental health toolbox all these sort of things and if it does get to a crisis point god forbid you'd be able to then refer to these things that you've educated yourself on we all love to be in as i say the tip-top shape and physical exercise we look after it every day going for walks and everything else and particularly in kind of the last kind of couple of years with COVID I think we've soon become to realise that that you know our physical health is very very important but as is important is our mental health just educate yourself there's no harm in doing it the only thing that can come out of this is good Do you think men you spend some time in that world of mm-hmm. football and men and dressing rooms and all that kind of stuff do you think have you noticed are men allowed to be more vulnerable now do you think it's changed <laughs> I definitely do think it's changed as a as a very kind of general kind of statement. Uh, I do think it's changed. If I were to look back in um, even my my school days back in twenty thirteen when it when it was you know mental health wasn't spoken about. If it was, it was very much on hush hush kind of basis. And particularly going into dressing rooms, I think there is a time and a place. I don't think it will ever come to a point where you're in a dressing room with thirty lads. It just doesn't happen in general kind of standpoint where you know I'm going through quite a difficult time. You don't quite do that, but if you can confide in people and I have found that particularly over the last number of years going on to DCU and college people from all across the country in terms of just reaching out going listen I have a mate here for playing for whatever county it is or a club mate or whatever it is all around just going can you chat to me he's just having a bit of a difficult time and as I said at the general kind of standpoint or the statement that I said it has come a long way I think it's an awful long way to go I mean how do you let other men know it's okay to say they're not doing all right my thing that I like to try and do is talk about it, is talk about my own experiences and my own s- struggles or my own, or I love talk therapy. It really works for me. It's given me a whole new sort of lease of life and a whole new v- viewpoint on things. Mm. It's allowed me to live a much more fulfilled life. And I like to talk about that. And, and if I'm in work, if I'm in a work situation, if it's a meeting or something, I, I like to bring up something about, you know, your mental health and make sure you're looking after yourself or, you know, mm. throw in a little sort of, you know, not to, as you said, make a big speech about it, yeah. but always kind of be there and always mention it so that people know that you're someone that they can come and talk to. What do you think we can be doing to, to let men know it's okay to, to say they're not coping or they're, they're struggling a bit? I think and I, I can completely relate to you in terms of offering that listening ear, offering that kind of listen shoulder, if you like, to, to go, the door is open here if you, if you do want. And my own kind of personal experience, you know, on one side that if you're speaking about signs and symptoms, if people were to look, kind of look out for them as within your own circle, if your friend or family member, whoever it is, your partner, is quite withdrawn, if they are and quite beat themselves, again, it's your friend, your family member, you know them best, you know, you know if they are quite not being themselves. And it's to then offer that kind of listening ear. And I had noticed this in my own kind of circle from one of my friends, I'd noticed these kind of signs and symptoms and I'd approached him one day and I had said it. It wasn't a big group setting. I just approached him saying, is, is everything okay? And et cetera, et cetera. And he said, yeah, everything sound, you know, the, the old Irish kind of thing. Mm. Yeah, so I'm sound, yeah. Grant. You know, I'm Grant. Yeah, yeah I'm Grant. I absolutely hate that description. Yeah. I'm Grant. I said it for years myself. Yeah, and I, and I completely relate to it. He said, I'm Grant. And I had known that he wasn't Grant, but I had known on that side, when you're going through the most difficult times, and I'm sure you can relate to it as well, you have days where you want to talk and you have days where you don't want to talk. I just so happened to catch him on a day where he didn't want to talk and it was only a number of months after he'd approached me to say, look, is there any chance I can have a chat which I know you said to me a while ago or whatever. We'd spoken about it, he went and got help and you know, he's, he's very, very thankful that he did. And I think it's just, it, it sounds so simple, 
but it's the smallest of things when you're going through the most difficult of times it's the smallest of gestures that mean the most the likes of that offering and listening here a little pat on the back a little text a little compliment here and there stuff like that can go an awful long way so for men women as well is offer that and then on the flip side of that if you're afraid if you're frightened of the the reaction to it don't be because you know people in your own circle if they are really worth their salt they're going to look after you they're going to want to give you any help that they can and again that person receiving that information you don't have to be their doctor or psychologist you don't have to give them all the answers but you can be that springboard to the likes of Pieta or whatever other services that are out there to allow them to then take that step and you know make that change and that's the only way that it can happen in my personal opinion yeah and that's the, that's a big barrier as well as people saying well I wouldn't know what to say or what to do or I can't you know I wouldn't know what advice to give and that's the thing you don't have to advise them you just have to listen mm-hmm. and then if it's a case of both you sitting down with a laptop and going well, let's look at let's see what services are out there yeah. let's let's look at Pieta look, do that together with them that's all you need to do is be there for them stand beside them mm-hmm. and you don't have to be the expert you just have to listen don't judge no. allow them to say what they have to say and that's a very very important piece as well and don't meet it with a big oh my god just go nice and calm okay how can I help Th- these sort of things you know mm. ask questions and again they're looking for that springboard they may start with the smallest of things and that's what I'd say to people you don't have to give you know your big story of what it is because from my personal experience I didn't know what it was how are you feeling after the pandemic do you feel like are you finding <laughs> is there anxiety around things going back to normal are you, are you back training and to the nth degree are you are you giving it your all or what what, what are things now personally what was funny was with the, the start of the pandemic it was very reminiscent of my time in St. Pat's you know we're essentially locked down to a certain space confined to a set of resources that we have there and make do with it with what you wish you know and uh, for me it was very important to kind of learn from that and it kind of got me quite excited and I know everyone else has their own kind of individual kind of things going on and there was huge difficulty and I'm not saying that um, you know or demeaning that in any, yeah. any shape You're or form speaking from your own personal my own view, personal yeah. kind of thing was it got me quite excited in terms of okay this is what I have in front of me what can I do with this and I actually started again this kind of visual thing the mental health toolbox I bought a calendar I had it mapped out Monday to Sunday and I had things within it which was I was I was on you could say frontline work I was in a I was in a shop that um, was was open all the time so again reduced errors but it gave me something that was one my non-negotiable so what do I have to do each and every day or each, nearly every day that is non-negotiable that I have to do whether I like it or not which is work so I plugged that in on whatever days it was between Monday and Sunday that was that I was like okay after that what do I have to look forward to is my physical exercise. So I plugged it in every day, whether it be a run, a cycle, kick or whatever. I was very fortunate, again, living in Port Marnock at the time. Um, I had the beach there. Um, I'm sure there's many avid sea swimmers listening to this as well. I, I became one over the over the course of, of COVID. I had that in and number three was something to stimulate my mind. Um, funny enough, I, I, I am now... Um, it, You're now into cra- knitting. It, yeah, I'm now into knitting. <laughs> um, it's crazy to say that, I, that I'm, a, I'm a published author because I wouldn't have been overly academic in school. Um, an opportunity came up just before COVID had hit um, and it's since been published and I'd taken up some reading. So that was something to stimulate my mind over, over COVID. And again, it's very individualistic, such as that kind of knitting story. It's individual, so you're non-negotiable, whatever that is for you. Something to look forward to, in my case, with physical exercise and something to stimulate your mind. And that's how I kind of coped in the kind of early stages. And again, I got that excitement. I got that buzz of of that, you know, off every single day. And I'll never shy away from the fact that, of course, it was difficult, as I said. I'm sure we all went through difficulties of some shape or some shape or form and at different times, different stages. But for me, 
it wasn't all too bad because again I had a great circle around me I had what I needed I'd learned from my time back in St. Pat's I had those tools and resources that I speak about you know we plan for a lot of things in life five year plan where do you see yourself in five mm. years you know we go to college you know to I get a job <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> but we never plan for our, our mental well-being or our mental health or ourselves you yeah. know we never sit down and go what, what will I do this week for myself um, so we're back together this is the first in-person darkness into light mm. in, uh, in in over two years are, are you looking forward to it how will that be for you? Are you will you get together with family and friends? Will you? Yeah, yeah, very much so. And um, it, it's it's nice in the fact and um, the fact that obviously, of course, it's back and in person uh, this year. Um, over the last number of years, Dark Descent Light last year was a bit different. And um, every year, my one of my sisters, I have three sisters, one of which Michelle lives over in Stockholm. We tuned in with her through FaceTime and little niece and nephew, and she does her own kind of thing over in Stockholm and Sweden and. Uh, it's absolutely fantastic you know that kind of although we're so many thousand miles away we're still so close together and as it has been since 2015 my family will be right together you know they're very much there in support of the whole event but uh, of course at me and I'm very much aware that I'm very lucky that I have that circle around me so I am very much looking forward to it. I think it's a fantastic event. I will be walking it, I won't be running it. <laughs> um, I know some people are keen to, to run it but I will take a nice little stroll and uh, enjoy what's in front of me. Yeah, Shane, it sounds like you got a bit of you got a bit of balance there, you know. You're, you're getting the the whole balance thing right anyway. Um how many all Irelands did you manage to win in the Um five altogether. So so we've five all Irelands between us. <coughs> it's fair to say. <laughs> Thank you very much, Shane. If you're someone who has been affected by self harm or suicide or you're in the midst of a tough time right now, remember, you can reach out to Pieta at any time on eighteen hundred 24-7-24-7 or text HELP to 51444 So just to remind us Saturday May 7th thousands of people across Ireland and further field will share a sunrise moment and stand in solidarity with people impacted by suicide and self-harm More details are available on darknessintolight.ie I'm Keith Walsh Thank you very much for listening For help and advice on any of the topics discussed in this episode Log on to rte.ie forward slash helplines. In the darkest times, we're brighter together. Electric Ireland, shining a light on mental health with Pieta and Darkness into Light.